episode number 236 of the Emotionally Equipped for Life podcast. Hi, this is Shira Gura. Welcome to my podcast. I am on a mission to create an emotionally equipped world. I created two practical mindset tools that empower you to get unstuck in any moment and keep your emotions from hijacking your life. I am the author of two award-winning books, Getting Unstuck, Five Simple Steps to Emotional Well-Being, and The Clear Way, Five Simple Steps to Be Mentally Prepared for Anything. You can learn more about these books and more by heading over to my website, shiragura.com. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me today, and now for today's episode. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you so much for joining me today. So in last week's episode, I shared with you that my husband was planning to participate in the Jerusalem Marathon, and that I would share with you what transpires, and as promised, that is what I'm going to share with you today. My husband did finish the marathon, even though he wasn't sure he would due to some injuries that he was dealing with over the last few years. And more than that, he quite amazingly came in eighth place overall, which honestly, I'm still a bit shocked about. Not that I didn't know my husband is a fast runner, I know that, but because the last time he ran a marathon was like four and a half years ago, and he came in 30th place. So that's a pretty big jump to then come in eighth place. Anyway, I'm going to share a story about the race, which by the way, I wanted to interview my husband for, but when I asked him, he kind of looked at me like I had two heads. So you're just stuck with me for this episode. But before I share that story, I want to share with you one other quick story first. So when my husband Boaz ran this marathon four and a half years ago, he came in 30th place, like I just said. And at the starting line, he didn't stand amongst the first row of people. I can't recall if that was his first marathon. I think it was. But anyway, he's not an experienced marathon runner. And so he just got to the race and just stood like where everybody else was standing. But because he's a fast runner, he had to pass all of those people at the very beginning. And he said it was really, really hard for him because, you know, there's thousands of people that run at the same time. And so this time he told me, I'm going to be starting at the front. He's like, I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I'm not making the same mistake as last time. And so he did, which is great. And then what happened was after the race, after he had a few minutes to relax and recuperate, of course, I was there at the finish line to greet him. He turned to me and said, Shira, there was a woman standing right next to me at the start line. And she turned to me and said, oh, you're Shira Gura's husband. (laughs) And I think he was so taken aback. Like he was so focused on this race and he was so anxious to start it. And he was like, who is this woman? And how do people know what I look like? (laughs) We keep laughing about that today. So that woman was a listener of this podcast, and she knew he was going to be at the race. And she probably just remembered the image that I put on last week's episode. So anyway, it was just a really good laugh. Okay, so my share today really has to do with my second tool, which is called the clear way. So as you may know, I use the unstuck method for stories that exist in the past, and I use the clear way for stories that exist in the future. Because of course, when you're truly present, you're not stuck. Anyway, so when Boaz and I were driving down to Jerusalem the day before, 
it was clear to me that he was feeling pretty anxious about the run. He was probably nervous about his injuries and the fact that he didn't properly train for this marathon because of those injuries. And he was really nervous about the sudden weather that was unusually hot that day. And I'm sure there were other things that were on his mind. On the ride down, in fact, he played a running podcast that he listens to to get him focused and psyched up. And so when we arrived to Jerusalem, the first stop was the place where they were handing out all the stuff the runners needed to participate in the race, like, you know, their numbers and their chips and all of that. And because there was so much traffic, we decided to park about 25 minutes away, which was great. It just gave us some time to walk and talk together. And that's when I asked him if he wanted to get clear, because it was so obvious to me how anxious he was feeling. I mean, we were walking to this place, but it was like he was flying. I couldn't keep up with him. And this wasn't even the marathon, right? And so Boaz is totally familiar with both tools, and he agreed, knowing that it probably was going to help him. So C, the first thing we did was we got calm together. We took several deep breaths at the same time. L for lighten. I encouraged him to think just of that night, right? Just of that moment, because I told him it would be good again to get clear the next day. But for now, I asked him if he had any heavy thoughts. He told me he was anticipating the run to be very hard. And he told me he was going to feel nervous. And he told me he wasn't going to sleep well tonight because he never does. And after he shared these heavy thoughts with me, I encouraged him to lighten them so that he could stay more in a place of curiosity than in a place of knowing. And so he changed his language to stay open about how hard the run would be, and if he'll feel nervous later tonight. And then, as hard as this was for him, he said he'd even stay open to how he may sleep, because maybe he would sleep well after all, even though he has no history that can prove that to him. So then I asked him, E, for his expectations. What did he want? What did he wish for? And he responded to run under three hours, to finish strong, to enjoy it, even if he doesn't reach his goal, and that he won't get injured. And that was kind of the easy part. But then I asked him for each of those hopes and wishes if he could, A, accept the possibility that his expectations may not get met. And so we looked at each one by one. Yes, he said he can accept now that he may not run under three hours and he may not finish strong and that he may not even be able to enjoy it and that he may get injured. We do this step not to hope for those things, of course, but instead to accept them in advance so that if they should arise, he won't get stuck in those moments. And then I asked him who he was committed to being. That's R for responsibility. He said, relaxed, in the moment. And then he took some time to think about the third one. And then he said, happy. He said, I'll be happy tomorrow when the race is done. But I stopped him in his tracks. I said, wait a minute. Committing to being someone is about being that person now, not being dependent on what the circumstances may or may not be in the future. So I said to him, are you saying you won't be happy tomorrow if you don't reach your goals? And plus, I reminded him, we're really only getting clear for tonight, not for tomorrow. And so once he understood that, 
he said he wanted to commit to being happy that evening. So, okay, relaxed, in the moment, and happy. Great. So he went for this pasta dinner, which the marathon offers to all of those people who are running in the race, and there was live Latin music, and he definitely appeared relaxed in the moment and happy, which was great. And after the meal, we headed back to the apartment where we were staying and pretty quickly got ready for bed. And once we were both in bed and the lights were off, Boaz actually played a pre-marathon visualization that was from one of his podcasts that he listens to. And I have to say, it was fantastic. I think it was a woman's voice, if I remember correctly. And basically, she walked you through the entire process from, you know, waking up in the morning to what you were wearing and how you would even get to the marathon. And the truth is, I can't remember the rest of the details because I wasn't planning on sharing this with you. But I have to say it was so calming and such a smart way to relax into such a big event. And if you're interested in that visualization, you can contact me and I'm happy to share that podcast with you. Anyway, guess what? My husband slept well for the first time in a long time. He didn't sleep a full seven or eight hours, but he definitely woke up feeling like, wow, I actually had a decent night's sleep which of course made me so happy to hear. And early the next morning, we got ourselves ready and I escorted Boaz to the race, which was about a 30 minute walk away. I, by the way, had already gotten clear myself. I was committed to being supportive, flexible, and grounded. Boaz, just like the day before, he was on a high. He was so full of energy. He was like a kite blowing in the wind. And he was just so excited and so anticipating this run. So I was really glad to be the grounded one for him and to be as supportive as possible regarding walking him to the race and holding his valuables and just doing my best to find him throughout the route to take photos and videos. Just before we parted where he would go to the start line, I asked him again who he was committed to being. And this time he said, confident, mentally strong, and accepting. I was so glad he's familiar with the clear way. So the race started and I'm walking around the streets of Jerusalem and about 30 minutes in without any planning, I see one of the top three runners and they're professional marathon runners passing me. And so I stood there exactly in that place wondering if I would see Boaz anytime soon. And I did. He was exactly in eighth place, which he maintained throughout the entire run. And I was so glad to have been able to get a video of him to share with him later. Unfortunately, I didn't see him the rest of the run until the very end, because it simply would have been impossible unless I was driving around in a car, which was also nearly impossible that day because they pretty much closed the streets of Jerusalem for the marathon. So I walked around a bit and then I waited for him at the finish line. I was sure to be there 15 minutes before 10 o'clock as his goal was to complete the marathon in under three hours. But when 10 o'clock came and passed, I knew that wasn't going to happen. And I was wondering how Boaz was doing with his ways of being. The truth is, I was wondering if he was still running or did he stop? And then all the thoughts started flooding in my mind, right? Was he injured? Did he fall? Because I did pass a few people who collapsed during the 10K part of the run and he was doing the 42K. So I started to get a little nervous. And then within just a few minutes, he appeared like out of nowhere, running out of the tunnel of the soccer park and onto the runway of the finish line. 
He ended up completing the run in exactly three hours and three minutes, coming in eighth place. And I was so proud of him. I was proud not necessarily because he came in eighth place, which is pretty cool, I have to say, but I was simply proud that he showed up to the race. Because like I said, the last time he ran a marathon was four and a half years ago, but he hasn't given up since then. Despite his injuries, despite his disappointments, despite the extreme weather, both hot and cold, and tons and tons of other sacrifices, he hasn't given up. He totally stayed in his integrity. When my husband says he's going to do something, he does it. He shows up for himself and for me and for others, even though much of the time it's really hard. And so after he received his complimentary massage and he drank lots of water and had a popsicle, I asked him about the run. He said it was brutal. He said he started to get leg cramps both in his hamstrings and his quads at the 21K mark. And he said that has never happened to him before. And so he had to stop and stretch because he couldn't run. And then after a minute or two, he said he just decided to keep running through the pain, which is not easy. And while I am not a marathon runner, I know what it feels like to have leg cramps, which I shared about in episode 232, where I shared my story about swimming across the Sea of Galilee with my friend Netta. And anyway, running or swimming or doing anything else with cramps is not easy. He also told me that twice throughout the route, he took a wrong turn because the volunteers who were there to guide people where to go were like half asleep and on their phones when he passed by because he was one of the earlier runners. So he said by the time the rest of the crowd came, they easily knew where to go because they just followed everybody else. He was so frustrated that he lost time and gained a lot of distance because he went the wrong way twice. But he remained confident and mentally strong even when things were really hard for him. He actually dedicated this run to his grandmother who passed away about 10 years ago. And he told me that she was in his mind the entire time. And he truly believes that it was her energy that kept him going and that got him to the finish line on that unusually hot day. And that was pretty much it. We walked back to the apartment. He took a quick shower. I drove us home. And now he's recuperating for about a week. No running for seven days. Woohoo! And while he has accepted the fact that he didn't run under three hours, he is already planning his next marathon and hoping to improve his time. And so, my dear friends, I invite you for a moment to think about your life. Where in your life are you committing to being a certain way? Last night, one of the students inside of my course asked me, I know which way I want to be, but I don't know how to get there. And while there's a much longer answer I have for inside of the course, the short answer that I'd like to offer here is, you do it one moment at a time. Change doesn't happen overnight. You don't turn into a marathon runner in one day, just like you don't lose weight in one day or become calm or happy or a confident person. It takes time and practice and a lot of showing up moment by moment by moment. And so I invite you to consider today, who are you committing to being and how are you showing up like that every day? If you have any thoughts to share with me, I'd love to hear from you. 
So my dear friends, that is my story for this week. Before I wrap up, I'd like to ask you one favor. If this podcast has touched you in any way, please consider sharing it with a friend. It would not only help me get my messages out to the world, it could inspire others to start changing their lives too. You can send them over to my website or simply take a screenshot from your phone and let them know that you tune into this show. I thank you for doing so. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me this week, wishing you a wonderful rest of your week, and as always, I look forward to getting emotionally equipped with you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please share it with a friend or family member who may not know much about podcasting. If they need help, please show them how to subscribe to the show and how they can leave a review. And if you aren't yet subscribed to my newsletter, make sure you do sign up by visiting my website, shiragura.com. I look forward to being with you again next week.